0: Welcome to the Movie Planet. With Joe. Is it better to be feared or respected? And I say,
1: is it too much to ask for both? JC. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. And Joel. I'm sorry, this is the fun beak, the humdrum beast back there.
0: I'm your host Joe and with me is the Obadiah Stain and Raza to my Tony Stark. <laughs> JC and Joel.
2: Obadiah.
3: <laughs> Who's Raza? I'm trying to remember who Raza is. <laughs> he was the Middle Eastern guy. He was the bad guy that had his face guard? I yeah. don't think we ever actually get his name.
0: Oh. Do we ever hear it? No.
2: Okay. Raza Ghoul.
0: Raish. Is it I Ra- thought I thought it was Raish Ghul. It's like different in every iteration of Batman. They
3: will never ever figure this out. Hey, you're the bald guy, so I'm the bald guy. They're both bald. (laughs) Oh, wait. They are both bald. Damn it. (laughs) Uh, I'm the bearded bald guy. (laughs) Uh. This
0: week, I've nominated (laughs) Iron Man for the comic book pantheon of movies. The pantheon is comprised of seven and only seven films per genre. Now, it should be noted that when we first recorded this specific podcast, we did so after reviewing movies like Scott Pilgrim vs. the World and we did Captain America Civil War. We had a massive battle on the air about Civil War. Well, after a while, we kind of got a hang of things, and so we started repurposing our shows uh, knowing what we know now. So, as of today, our pantheon is actually Deadpool with an A, then the Dark Knight with an A, Batman Begins with an A-, Green Lantern with a C C+, Dark Knight Rises with a C+, And that's where we're starting from today. Now, again, we are going to be going through all the Marvel movies in order. So any grades that we had for movies like Captain America, The First Avenger, or uh, I think we did Civil War also, those are kind of thrown away right now. We're a lot smarter now. We know what we're doing, so we're kind of tossing those to the side. But I'm going to try to find a way to fit those bits in to the future shows when we go over Captain America, The First Avenger, and Civil War. So... Hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Now, the higher grade we give this, the longer it may be staying there. Only a film with a higher grade can kick it out on its ass from the Pantheon in the future. So, we will discuss the movie, and in an hour or so, we will analyze it and grade it. This is a spoiler-rich podcast, so if you haven't seen Iron Man,
3: you m- must have been born after 2008. Yeah, seriously, come on. How have you not seen Spider- or... Huh? Sp- Spider-Man? <laughs> but you were talking about it earlier, Iron Man. How have you not seen Iron Man yet?
0: Yeah, it's best if you stop here, watch the movie, and then turn us back on to enjoy the discussion and analysis. We'll also be playing a game of Did the Awards Get It Right, as well as a new segment called... It's not a new segment anymore. i got to change that. Called Top 3, Bottom 3, where we highlight the best things in the film and rip to shreds the worst things in the film, which is kind of hard to do in this movie. There's some nitpicky things, I think. There
3: is, but at least we have three nice bottoms between the three of us. (laughs) Well, (laughs) thanks for noticing.
0: This week we are talking about 2008's Iron Man, a movie made for $140 million that raked in $585.2 million. Directed by Jon Favreau and produced by the great Kevin Feige. Oh, how'd that feel? Until uh, it 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 sucks, but until he you know fixes this Spider-Man issue that I have, he's Phage in my eyes. Yeah, Uh, yeah. His real name's Feige, but Phage, (laughs) Written by Mark Fergus, Hawk Ostby, what cool name? Uh, Art Markham and Matt Holloway, starring Robert Downey Jr. as Robert Downey Jr. I mean, I mean Tony Stark. Uh? Terrence Howard (laughs) as James Rhodey Rhodes in his only (laughs) role in the entire MCU. Jeff Bridges as Obadiah Stane. Sean Tube as Jensen. <laughs> I
3: just realized his last name's Stane, and he leaves a- us <laughs> with when he dies. <laughs> <laughs> We're
0: going to have a bunch of snorts on the show today. <laughs> uh, Gwyneth Paltrow to is Pepper Potts. Leslie Bibb is Christine Everhart-Faran Tahir as Raza. Clark Gregg is the great Agent Coulson. Before he was... Adrian Coulson. We're cool. Yeah. yeah. John Favreau as Happy Hogan. And Paul Bettany as Jarvis, the AI that must have inspired Siri three years later. Had to have.
3: Yeah. Had to have.
0: Now, according to our good people at Rotten Tomatoes, it has a tomato mater reading. Tomato mater? Tomato mater. Meter. The, the mater meeting re, rating meter of meter 90, meter? <laughs> 94%. Meter Meter mater. The critics, on average, gave this film a seven point seven out of ten. Once again, proving that the tomato meter is bullshit. Yes, (laughs) we all know Civil War is at least a ninety-nine. The audience score, which is the (laughs) horror, the audience score, which is the average rating the audience gave the film, is a four point two out of five, with a ninety-one percent agreeing it's a three or higher. So, I hate math; it's very confusing. I know. But, uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm kind of excited about this one. I, I was looking forward to this all week, and then I didn't watch it until Thursday. <laughs> yeah, I waited a while on this one. Uh, but, uh, hey, let's jump into our next segment called Inception to Perception, where we talk about how this movie started as an idea and made its way to the big screen.
3: Don't get on the set. Get ready to shoot. And then ask for rewrites. Studios do this crap all the time, and they wonder why they end up with
2: a shit movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Movie? You know, I hate
0: the word movie. I don't make movies. I make films. Okay, we're going to go in the Wayback Machine, not to the 2000s, but the 1990s. April, 1990, Universal Studios buy- buys the rights to develop a low-budget Iron Man for the big screen. And then Six years go by, and in February 1996, 20th Century Fox acquires the rights from Universal. It's like this joint that starts getting passed around. January 1997, Nicolas Cage expresses interest in playing Tony Stark. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> Gets better, JC. DC would have just ran away with wow. Cool films. Wow. <laughs> September. We would nine- actually call Sony a good company. September nice. 1998, <laughs> Tom Cruise expresses interest in playing Tony Stark and producing it. Jeff Vintar <laughs> and Stan Lee co write a story for Fox, which includes Modoc as the villain.
3: Yeah, it, it's a good thing that, that uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's history turned out the way it
0: did. <laughs> a year later in May, Jeffrey Kane rewrites the Vintari Lee script, and then in 1999, uh, October, Quentin Tarantino is approached, approached
3: to write and direct the film. Could you imagine Quentin Tarantino <laughs> directing Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. as an Iron Man character? Well, it's funny. That could actually be pretty brilliant. It's actually in my notes. Is it really? <laughs> yeah.
2: I, uh, I mean, if you want to go ahead and get the to top three, bottom three, think of it. We're on, we're on, we're on.
0: We'll remember it. Uh, December 1999, Fox then sells the rights to New Line Cinema, claiming they have too many superheroes in development and, quote, we can't make them all.
3: Was this pre the first? Uh, X-Men? Well, oh, I wasn't going to say X-Men. I was going to say Fantastic Four. Well, here's the heroes you may be asking about. Daredevil, Elektra,
0: the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Fantastic Four, and a little movie that's going to come out called X-Men. <laughs> oh. That starts the entire thing. All right. Patrick, if you're still listening,
3: all I can say is O oh, for one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. She grabbed the wrong people. <laughs> uh, July 2000, uh, Ted Elliott, Terry Rossio, and Tim McCanley write a script with the Nick Fury cameo to set up the film. There you go. Then in June 2001, Joss Whedon enters talks to direct the film. Oh. <sighs> And is passed over.
3: Stupid, stupid, stupid people. Why does Fox not realize that Joss Whedon actually knows what the hell he's doing? Fox is such a stupid... They're up there with Sony yeah. and stupidity. They, 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 they're, they're a step above, I think. They may be, because it's still... You know what, Firefly? Yeah. yeah. Fox, you're dumber than Sony. <laughs> At least Sony can make good headphones.
0: Then we go... Let's see. December 2002, 2002 a script is finally finished. And then December, two years later, Nick Cassavetes is tapped to direct the film for a 2006 release date. I don't uh, know who that is. Alfred Goff, Miles Miller, and David Hayter write a script for this movie where Iron Man fights his father, who has become War Machine.
3: That actually happened in the comic book?
0: After two <laughs> years of unsuccessful development, the deal with Cassavetes falls through and New Line Cinema returns the rights to Marvel. Oh, New Line, you're good people. November 2005, Marvel Studios starts developing the movie again from scratch as their first independent studio picture.
3: Well done, people, well done.
0: They go after around 30 writers, and all of them pass on the project because they were uninterested in the project due to the obscurity of the character and it being a solely
2: Marvel production.
0: Iron Man's an obscure character? What the hell? Nobody knew of him that thing. Nobody, he was a, he was a side character.
2: He was a, he was a nothing. Yeah. He had an entire comic book to Yo, himself. Yeah, but only comic book people knew about it. Yeah, unless at that point in time, unless you were are, an X Men. Are, are
3: you pigeonholing comic my, book
2: people? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jerks. I'm. am saying there are markets mm-hmm. in the world in that when to co- transcend. Are you the telling genre. me not
3: everybody in the world is like me? <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> um. That's why Civil War has such a crappy grade. <laughs> Go on, Joel. <laughs> At that point
2: in time, unless it was Batman, Superman, or the X-Men, you didn't really know of superheroes. I mean, you had Fantastic Four. That came out and that bombed because they did not do a good job at developing characters that
3: people did know about. about. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you.
2: With Batman, you could they made 12 movies, and all of them were completely different, but everyone loved it because it was Batman. Anyone would show up for Superman because they grew up with Superman. This was the first movie that did a brand new something for every audience outside of its
3: original market. Okay. What? Never mind. I'll, I'll save that for later. I just actually... I don't
0: even know where I am anymore. Oh, Marvel Studios starts to build awareness of Iron Man through focus groups and three animated short films called Iron Man Advertorials, and it works. People start to go, okay, he's an actual character. Art Markham, Matt Holloway, Mar- Mark Fergus, and Hawk Osby get together to write a couple of scripts that Favreau ends up compiling into one script because Favreau's been hired to direct the film. And Favreau is a genius. Well, he's excited because he had worked with co-producer Avi Arad on Daredevil and had wanted to work with him again. So he made changes to the story, including the Vietnam War origin, turned it to Afghanistan because he didn't want to do a period piece. And then in September 2006, Favreau abandons his initial plans of casting a newcomer in the role and casts Robert Downey Jr. based on the actor's troubling past and how close it was to Tony Stark. Marvel rebelled against the casting decision, but ultimately came because is just that good. <laughs> Could you imagine this movie without Robert Downey Jr.?
2: I can't imagine it
0: without Favreau. Yeah. Either of them. No,
3: I was going to say, this movie was made for them, by them, all of that.
0: October 2006, Terrence Howard is added to the cast. An interesting thing, Robert Downey Jr. only got paid $500,000 for this movie. Terrence Howard... million, and $5 million of a sequel's greenlit.
2: Is that because Terrence Howard was in Hustle and Flow? He was coming off of that. Yep. Okay.
0: Uh, Yeah. Uh, Trust me, Iron Man 2 comes along, something happens. (laughs) Uh, January 2007, Gwyneth Paltrow's added. Also adding some bang to the buck. Mm -hmm. February 2007, Jeff Bridges is cast in an undisclosed role.
2: Like Jeff Bridges.
0: At that point, they were still going to do have the Mandarin as his arch nemesis.
3: Hmm. Yeah.
0: However, Favreau didn't like the Mandarin because it just wasn't realistic in today's world. He thought they could do it in a sequel, but not to start a possible franchise. When Bridges signed the papers, Favreau told him his role would be Iron Monger. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Filming starts in March of 2007. There was a lot of improv in the dialogue because the script was not completed, apparently. (laughs) The filmmakers had focused on the story-making sense and planning the action and less on the actual lines of the actors. Apparently, Downey tried new lines during every single take he had. He even wrote the entire speech when demonstrating the Jericho weapon. Probably why it sounds so much like him. (laughs) It does, yeah. Uh, The Nick Fury cameo was filmed with a skeleton crew in order to keep it a secret but rumors had appeared on the internet only days later. Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige, Feige subsequently had the scene removed from all preview prints in order to maintain the surprise and keep fans guessing, and the post credit scene was born.
3: So, are you telling me Feige was the genius behind attempting to, with Iron Man, start this whole cinematic universe? Yes. That's pretty ballsy. Hey.
0: Guy's got a pair on him. Smart guy.
3: Uh, but Too hey. bad he can't do anything with Spider-Man.
0: Oh! Not going to get into it. <laughs> Not going to get into it. The movie was fine. The ending didn't. Okay. Feel better? No, a little bit. Okay. Do you guys remember the first time you saw
3: this? Joel or JC? No, I don't. Depressingly so. <laughs> I don't. I remember watching it in college, so it probably was at some point in college, but it is definitely one of those movies I watch once, if not two times a year. Like, I've already watched it twice within the last month. <laughs> 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 like, it, it, yeah.
2: Joel? Uh, yes, this was a huge year for superheroes, <laughs> uh, with this coming out along with The Dark Knight. Yeah. Same summer. Um, I saw this and was honestly like, blown away because it opened my eyes to the lesser-known superheroes. Um so in Marvel definitely earned their street cred with this one.
1: Yeah. I remember;
2: I think I probably still have like the ticket stub somewhere in my room back. <laughs> do you really? Oh yeah, I should that have. Was done. A, like the years that I like those; those were the years like in high school that like I just went to a lot of movies. Yeah, a lot of movies.
0: That's something I wish I would have done: is kept all the st- ticket stubs that I've gone to and put it, like in a big
3: photo album. Almost. That's a lot of paper.
0: It is. Yeah, it That's is. It's hard to do digital <gasps> ones. You
3: could do. Uh... Baseball card sleeves. Yeah. You could have done baseball card sleeves. Oh, yeah. Look at that. How about you. that?
0: Uh, I didn't see this movie until probably its last few weeks in the theaters. <clears throat> I had no idea who Iron Man was I th- and thought it was going to suck and avoided it. But my mother told me she liked it. So I took my girlfriend at the time and her daughter to go see it. And I thought it was awesome. And I went again the following weekend because I didn't know there was a post credit scene. I just left the theater.
2: <laughs> <laughs> because those weren't like a huge thing then.
0: Yeah. It, 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 they weren't expected. They were unknowns. Now everybody for every single movie is staying to the very end because yeah. of Marvel.
2: Yep. <laughs> so it, uh, when I saw Wonder Woman, I, like, I immediately went to my phone, Googled, does Wonder Woman have post-credit scene? They said no and got up and left.
0: Yeah. Let's go into a synopsis of the movie, courtesy of Wikipedia. How'd it go? Wow.
1: Oh, went that bad, huh? Just because I brought pizza back from New York doesn't mean it went bad. Uh Uh-huh. Sure doesn't. Oh, boy. Would have gone better if you were there. Uh Uh-uh. You told me to lay low, that's what I've been doing. I lay low and you take care of all the... Hey, come on. In public, the press, this was a board of directors meeting. This this was a board of directors meeting? The board is claiming you have post-traumatic stress. They're filing an injunction. A what? They want to lock you out. Why, because the stocks did 40 points? We knew that was going to happen.
3: 56 and a half. It
1: doesn't matter. We own the controlling interest in the company. Tony, the board has rights too. They're making the case that you and your new direction isn't in the company's best interest. I'm being responsible. That's a new direction for me, for the company. I mean, me on the company's behalf, being responsible for the way that, oh, that's Oh, come on. Tony, Tony. I'll be in the shop. Hey, 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 Tony, listen. I'm trying to turn this thing around, but you got to give me something, something to pitch them. Let me have the engineers analyze that, you know, drop up some specs. No, it'll give me no, a bone. To absolutely throw not. Boys this one stays York. with me. That's it, Obie, forget it. All right. Well, this stays with me then. Come on, here. You can have a piece. Pick Thank two. you. You mind if I come down there and see what you're doing? Good night, Obi. Genius
0: billionaire and playboy Tony Stark, who has inherited the defense contractor Stark Industries from his father, is in war-torn Afghanistan with his friend and military liaison, Lieutenant Colonel James Rhodes, to demonstrate the new Jericho missile. After the demonstration, the convoy is ambushed, and Stark is critically wounded by one of his own company's rocket-propelled grenades. He is captured and imprisoned in a cave by a terrorist group, the Ten Rings. Yinsen, a fellow captive who is a doctor, implants an electromagnet into Stark's chest to keep the shrapnel shards that wounded him from reaching his heart and killing him. Ten Rings leader Raza offers Stark freedom in exchange for building a Jericho missile for the group, but Tony and Yinsen agree Raza will not keep his word. Stark and Yinsen quietly build a small, powerful electric generator called an arc reactor to power Stark's electromagnet and a suit of powered armor to aid in their escape. Although they keep the suit hidden almost to completion, the Ten Rings discover their hostages' intentions and attack the workshop. Yinsen sacrifices himself to divert them while the suit is completed. The armored Stark battles his way out of a cave to find the dying Yinsen, then burns the Ten Rings' weapons in anger and flies away, crashing in the desert and destroying the suit. After being rescued by Rhodes, Stark returns home and announces that his company will no longer manufacture weapons. Obadiah Stane, his father's old partner and the company's manager, advises Stark that this may ruin Stark Industries and his father's legacy. In his home workshop, Stark builds a sleeker, more powerful version of his improvised armored suit, as well as a more powerful arc reactor for his chest. Personal assistant Pepper Potts places the original reactor inside a small glass showcase. Though Stane requests details, Stark keeps his work to himself. At a charity event held by Stark Industries, reporter Christine Everhart informs Stark that his company's weapons, including the Jericho, were recently delivered to the Ten Rings and are being used to attack Yinsen's home village, Gulmera. Stark also learns Stane is trying to replace him as head of the company. Enraged by these revelations, Stark dons his new armor and flies to Afghanistan where he saves the villagers. While flying home, Stark is shot at by two F-22 Raptor fighter jets. He reveals his secret identity to Rhodes over the phone in an attempt to end the attack. Meanwhile, the Ten Rings gather the pieces of Stark's prototype suit and meet with Stane, who subdues Raza and has the rest of the group killed. Stane has a massive new suit reverse-engineered from the wreckage. Seeking to find any other weapons delivered to the Ten Rings, Stark sends Pepper to hack into the company computer system from Stane's office. She discovers Stane has been supplying the terrorists and hired the Ten Rings to kill Stark, but their group reneged. Potts Potts meets with Agent Phil Coulson of S.H.I.E.L.D., a counterterrorism agency to inform him of Stane's activities. Stane's scientists cannot duplicate Stark's miniaturized arc reactor, so Stane ambushes Stark at his home and takes the one from his chest. Stark manages to get to his original reactor to replace it. Potts and several S.H.I.E.L.D. agents attempt to arrest Stain, but he dons his suit and attacks them. Stark fights Stain, but is outmatched without his new reactor to run his suit at full capacity. The fight carries Stark and Stain to the top of the Stark Industries building, and Stark instructs Potts to overload the large arc reactor powering the building. This unleashes a massive electrical surge that causes Stain and his armor to fall into the exploding reactor, killing him. The next day, at a press conference, Stark defies suggestions from S.H.I.E.L.D. and publicly admits to being the superhero the press has dubbed Iron Man. In a post credit scene, S.H.I.E.L.D. director Nick Fury visits Stark at home, telling him that Iron Man is not the only superhero in the world, and explaining that he wants to discuss the Avenger
3: initiative.
0: JC, that's the end of the film. What do you think after seeing this thing?
3: God, it's so good. God, it's so good! Like, it is one of those movies, like, even when I'm critiquing it, mm. I will turn my mind off and be like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, I just, I just like this movie. Yeah. It is, you really have to be nitpicky. Now, when I go in my bottom three, there is actually, I think I have two legit complaints. Neither one is big enough to really knock down the grade, because everything else about it is so good, but... This is the movie that started the genre. If you want my honest opinion, yes, you had Batman. Yes, you had Superman. But wow, like this movie was just fun. Yeah. Fun. What do I think after watching it? Fun.
2: Joel? Yeah, that was good. I, uh, (laughs) I didn't know that Iron Man could be that entertaining. It's, yeah.
0: There aren't too many movies that are this strong as a first movie. Uh, in a series. Nine years later, this is actually still pretty good. Oh, it's still awesome here. Yeah. Uh, Let's play a game. Did the awards get it right? At the Academy Awards, uh, Best Achievement in Sound Editing. It got two nominations at the Academy Awards, which is pretty good for a very lesser known commodity. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Best Achievement in Sound Editing went to The Dark
2: Knight. Yeah. Uh, Iron Man was up, Slung Re- Dog
0: Millionaire. Sound
3: Editing over Wally?
0: You
2: Wall-E really thi- and Wanted. Never seen Wally. Anytime what the th- hell, dude? It, literally, everyone has said, eh, "You don't have to." You're the you're the first person that's been like, "What? You haven't
3: seen it?" And I know you hate it when people do that. I know you hate it when people are like, "You no. have to see it." And then but you're Sam saying, agrees, oh, no, apparently. apparently. No,
2: like to be honest, like I've been wanting literally anybody to look at me and be like, "You need to see Wally," because yeah. I wanted to see it, and everyone said, nah, just don't worry Here,
3: about it." You. you may not like the story end of that, but sound editing, sound editing you watch Wally and then you tell me any movie ever made should have won a sound anything award over that movie because the entire movie is built around sounds you have no All idea right. what's going on without the sounds Here. I was
0: gonna say anytime that you have movies up that have uh, guns bullets cannons whatever they are always going to win this because it's near impossible to get that timing down for the sound editing that's why Dark Knight which has a lot of that in there, Iron Man's in there. Wanted was in there. Wanted's not a movie that should get an Academy Award for anything. It's just a fun movie. But Wally is as much about it's a more it's more visual and sound based than anything else.
3: No, we're we're doing Wally for the Pantheon, especially since you've never seen the movie. Well, before. I
0: don't know. He's he's been Wreck-It Ralph next. You Which, don't know that? I, oh oh.
3: oh. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sam's in the back, just kind of mugging every now and then. All right, what was the, uh, the other one? one? Best achievement in visual effects uh, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button one.
3: That makes sense because that was the first time they did all the face stuff.
0: Over the Dark Knight and Iron Man. And interestingly enough, because of them doing this and the de aging process, they're able to say, Marvel's going to go, hey, you know, we can start doing this in our films.
3: You know, like yeah. with Princess Leia yeah.
0: later. That wasn't wasn't a de-aging. That was a fully CGI character. (laughs) I'm just saying. Thank you, Benjamin Button. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No Golden Globes, which is kind of funny because that's that's like the popular kids group right there. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, nothing there. But, hey, let's go to our next segment titled Top 3, Bottom 3. This is where we pick our top three things we love or scenes we like in this movie, and then we choose three things we dislike about the film or that we find the weakest. Let's start with the top three. JC, what are your top three things that you want
3: to highlight in this movie? Number Trace. 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 Every montage of Tony creating. Like, there's a montage of him in the cave. There's a montage of him as soon as he gets back. Like, just watching him build stuff, for me, is fun. Uh, and tied into that, it would actually be... It leads into my next one. Like, all of his conversations, the one with his dummy robot, hilarious. The ones with Pepper <laughs> Potts, awesome. But, like, every bit of dialogue, this the dialogue in this movie... The screenwriter should have won an Academy Award. Like, Day it's 11, just
0: test 37, configuration 2.0. For lack
1: of a better option, dummy is still on fire safety. If you douse me again and I'm not on fire, I'm donating you to City College. <laughs> like, that, that's
3: awesome. That is, that's golden material. And number one, the, I mean, this movie doesn't work without Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. Yeah. If right. you don't have Robert Downey Jr., this movie is infinitely worse. In- yeah,
1: in- I can fly.
2: <laughs> Joel? Uh, the opening scene is one of my favorites, where he's riding in the Humvee with the uh, Three soldiers. soldiers, and well, he says, please, no gang signs. I'm just going to throw it up. Please, <laughs> no gang
1: signs. No, throw it up. I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> um,
2: it's, it's great energy, and it sets a vibe. He's going to listen in. Um, <laughs> it does a really good job setting the tone for who Stark is very early in the movie. Um, number two, the invention of the suit sticks with me even when watching the following films featuring Stark. So I mean, no matter what Avengers or whatever movies he appears in that I haven't seen yet, it's I always think of like the thing going like them figuring out a way to put that in his chest and build the suit around it. And mm-hmm. I'm always thinking I was like where like where's the weakness in it when he's fighting certain people and that's all I love that scene. And then number one is just Downey as Stark. If he wasn't a part of
3: the Avengers, honestly, don't know if I would watch them all. Um, (laughs) You know, I think that when we think of the future, like with them retiring, I'm like, Robert Downey Jr. is so amazing. Like, would I watch with somebody? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's a hard question.
2: I mean, he's excellent in each one, like in his role wherever he plays. Uh, But but specifically in this, he's so smooth, and you believe that he is Tony. Yeah, you get to see so many emotions that round him off as an actual person that you can connect with. I mean. You see him, like, he gets mad and he gets upset when he comes back. You see him tired and, like, just genuine. But, I mean, this was a big year for Robert Downey Jr. This is when he he was nominated for an Oscar this year, but as uh, from Tropic Thunder. That's right. Because you will never make (laughs) high school kids (laughs) more angry than when you tell them the only reason Robert Downey Jr. didn't win the Oscar is because Heath Ledger died. (laughs) I stuck by that for years. Wow. Heath Ledger did not play a white guy playing an Australian guy playing a an black Italian guy. guy playing a black guy Yeah, all at once. But here's the thing. There's
0: no way they could have had him win that award because the no. last thing the Academy could have done at that point was say, Hey, by the way, I know we've whitewashed the Oscars. We've nominated a guy in
2: blackface. <laughs> that and Heath Ledger's like performance was phenomenal. Yes. But I do love... That was... Because the comedies always get snubbed at the Oscars. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Tropic Thunder, which made so many people (laughs) uncomfortable, was nominated for a Best Supporting Actor, was the best.
0: It really is a movie that they tried to defend as many people as possible doing it. (laughs) It worked. Robert Downey
2: Jr. is amazing in it. Like, it's crazy. You can't go full retard. Like, this whole year just, like, set him back on the on, like, his path. Yeah. Because then he was in the movie with, like, Zach Galifianakis, and he was in so many more movies after this. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look before this, there might be one movie that you've... that you recognize and that you might be able to talk with... talk about with another person, like, in the first... like, the last eight years before this. Yeah. He just hit a... hit kind of a nothing streak. Hey, you got lucky. (laughs) Uh, My number three
0: is, I want Tony Stark's house and every gadget in his possession. They are all friggin' amazing. Because they're not, like... So far into the future, it's like literally like two generations down the line, you could have something like that. The relationship and rapport, my number two, the relationship and rapport between Pepper Potts and Tony Stark is flawless. Robert Downey Jr. and Gwyneth Paltrow have the best chemistry of any duo on the screen in this movie, besides Tony and Jarvis. (laughs) And I've got this little clip right here. Do you have plans?
3: As a matter of fact, they do. I don't like it when you have plans. I'm allowed to have plans on my birthday.
1: It's your birthday? Yes. I knew that. Already?
3: Yeah, isn't that strange? It's the same day as last year.
1: Well, get yourself something nice for me. I already did. And? Oh, it was very nice. And? Very <laughs> tasteful. Thank you, Mr. Stark. You're welcome, Ms. Potts. <laughs> 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 the,
0: there's this. I love it because she's clearly the secretary, but she's boss too. There, there, there's more to it there. Yeah, yeah. I like that. And my 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 number one is the post-credit scene. Uh, I thought this movie was awesome the first time I saw it, but that post-credit scene made me want to learn more about these, quote, so-called Avengers who I wasn't familiar with at the time. Yeah. And now it's like you tell somebody Avenger and even people who haven't seen the movie know what you're talking about. Yep. This created a empire. Yeah. Yeah. It was a a cultural shift in movies because without this one... Comic book movies hit a mark all of a sudden where it's like they're cool. They're, they're le- legitimized now.
3: If only we could do that with video game movies. We'll get
0: there. We had to go through a lot of stinkers in the comic book genre to get to this point. Just saying. Uh, okay. Now the bottom three. Time to vent. Hey, JC?
3: But we have nice bottoms. <laughs> Just go. I don't have a bottom. What's your number three? All right, uh, some of it. Uh, my number three, number three of three of three. <laughs> um, some of it is starting to become dated. Uh, like some of the analogies militarily, and mm. even his glasses that he wears. And when I watch some of the military technology, I'm like, yeah, we'd have better stuff by now. <laughs> like, so it's it's starting to become dated. Uh, number two, I I dislike Terrence Howard in this movie. Yeah, and it's probably because I've seen Don Cheadle, and Don (laughs) Cheadle is amazing, Mm -hmm. and so I just, I don't like Terrence Howard. I don't like how he plays Mm -hmm. War Machine. I don't like how he plays Rhodey. I just... I thought he came off as kind of a bitch for a military guy. I think he came off as an arrogant asshole. Oh, really? That's how y'all both feel. (laughs) And then, number one, dude, they used Burger King instead of Wendy's?
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, really?
3: Yeah. That's so your number Burger one? King? <laughs> Burger King? Burger King.
2: I think Burger King's better. No. Oh. They make a mean chicken sandwich. Yeah, and you can get f- 10 nuggets for $1.49. <sighs> I stopped eating at Wendy's, Wendy's when they got rid of the Big Bacon Classic. I think uh, BK's got better Probably fries. because
3: of this. If, if they'd have had the Iron Man contract, <laughs> they'd still be making Big Bacon classics. I think
2: Burger King has better fries. Yes, they do.
3: No. Wendy's, Wendy's has... fries are too soggy. Wendy has. No, because uh, no, hey, Wendy's fries uh, are the fresh cut fries. Wendy's fries are amazing compared to everybody else. Maybe I just you guys got burnt. may not have had Wendy's no. for a while. Maybe I got, I, I got burnt. I say,
0: Burger King's ones are Burger better. King's
3: good. No, yeah. and I, no, they're not.
0: And you have the option of the onion rings, which are delicious. Oh my
3: god! I would prefer yeah. McDonald's to Burger
0: King. Well, who and I hate McDonald's. Fries. McDonald's is the golden standard for French fries, though. <laughs> but I'm just saying, we all need to go to
2: Palsburg, Tennessee. King. Shameless plug.
0: Here's <laughs> where <laughs> Bur- you don't get fries: White Castle.
3: Burger King is. Awful. I've never had them. Yeah, you don't go to White Castle for fries. <laughs> no.
2: I don't know if maybe I got burned on Wendy's because, like, once I went and they were, like, super salty. And then the next time I went in, there was, like, zero salt on it is I was like, I don't want a cut
3: potato. We- <laughs> Fry up. W- Wendy- Wendy's is actually one of the uh, one of the few, if not the only, burger fast food place the wife and I will go to anymore. We won't go to any of the other ones. Those fries are good in the Frosty, though. So, Joel, what you are your three? Great <laughs> in the Frosty. Um,
2: my number three is that I feel like the only way to do this also is, like, to nitpick. Yeah it's almost two movies and that's i this is what i was talking about earlier it's it reminds me of like tarantino's films there's one massive problem and solution in the beginning and then you have to restart your emotions and get ready for another (laughs) like just him getting out of the middle east could have been a movie in itself yeah and then like by the time he got out i was like all everything in me just went oh like a big exhale i was like that was great Mm and then I realized the movie hadn't really started yet. I was like, "Oh no, <laughs>
3: <laughs> there's more to come."
2: So my vulnerability doesn't like number three. Um, number two, I
3: don't think anybody likes number three if they're vulnerable.
2: <laughs> mine is also Terrence Howard. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but the Howard hate continues.
2: Well, it's mine I don't is hate because, Howard.
3: I hate Howard in this movie. He is well, bad
2: in this. Mine is only like I don't think that he's awful, but I think he's forgettable. And that's my thing, because when I saw J.C.'s Terrence Howard, because I was trying to think of a two and a one, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot Terrence Howard was in this movie. <laughs> and so if that is the what he left behind, then, yeah, he's the number two. <laughs> and um, number one, Middle Eastern settings are not pleasing to me. Oh, um, I don't know why. I don't yeah. know if it reminds me of having to play football and being a lineman and being too hot. But every time <laughs> I watch a movie that takes place in the Middle East, I'm like, I just want to, like, Go sit inside of my house and like turn the lights off because, like, I'm hot just watching this. And I think that also had something to do with my air conditioning in my classroom not working. And I feel like I have done nothing but sweat for three straight days. <laughs> you were just
0: in the Middle East in your room. Yeah.
2: Have, anything that has to do with heat and me sweating is a no right now. And so that's why that's number one for me.
0: You want me to turn the AC down?
2: Oh, no. no okay. You're good. I feel great now we're sitting under this fan. All right. <laughs>
0: Okay, my number three, anytime you allow a lot of improvisation, you run the risk of pop culture references. And it's a natural comedic beat to take because it's very now. However, it dates the movie a bit when you say things like MySpace.
3: Yeah. You
0: know? Nobody under the age of 15 knows what MySpace is. Right,
2: nope. And I think it, by this point, MySpace had kind of already died. Yeah. And so like the joke was, to make a joke about a dying technology...
0: But oh, okay.
3: now it's so dead.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. you like, <laughs> like, feel
3: like I, I don't get the joke. It almost like jumps reference. over it.
0: If you know what's going to happen, it's about 10 years, people will start getting MySpace things again because it's retro.
3: That's true. But it, And then Facebook will be the joke. People yeah, like, still
2: use it as a joke, Yeah. but it's mostly adults. Mm-hmm. You know. So, I mean, hopefully kids will pick up on that over time. But Yeah.
0: Uh, my number two, there is no way the military would give a weapons contractor that much leeway to do whatever they wanted. There's no way. True why we Um,
3: only live in the world of phage.
0: (laughs) Phage. It bothers me that we have to call him that now. Uh, The anatomical impossibility of the chest magnet. Every time I see Tony with his shirt off, I imagine how compressed his organs must be around that cylinder. It's pretty deep when you see Pepper's hand go in it. Almost goes through the back Uh of him.
2: (laughs) He's not a thick fella.
0: They would have to remove part of his sternum where ribs are still attached. The ribs are attached to the sternum; would have to be fused to the metal. It's just always bothered me whenever I see that. So that's in that I know that's the leap of faith you got to take in this movie. So I'm okay with that, I guess. But it's a nitpick that always bothers me every time I see him. Like, I go, just put your hand in there, and if you if you go too far, if you go too far, you're going into the chair behind him. Yeah, yeah she puts her whole hand. Look at you. Uh, uh, yeah,
1: yeah.
3: So okay, so there you go. Who's the audience for this movie, JC? Everyone. (laughs) Everyone is. But no, realistically, everyone who wants to watch great dialogue. Mm -hmm. But they need to be willing to try out a superhero movie. Because in my opinion, Iron Man is now the superhero movie. I think it's probably better than most Batman and most Superman movies before it. Okay. I think it is, if you want to learn about superheroes, you start with Iron Man.
2: Yeah. yeah. I'm, mine's kind of reflecting the same thing. I say people who are skeptical towards typical superhero films. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone can watch Batman Begins, Dark Knight. Uh, but if you want to go further on that, if you want to say, I don't know if these are for me, watch Iron Man. Because if you enjoy Iron Man, then you, it sets you up for the rest. If you don't like Iron Man, then stop because it's not going to get... Nope. Yeah. yeah like, you, you, it's hard to beat this. Yeah.
0: And this really is a tale of two futures because at the same time, you had the Dark Knight come out, and you had DC, which was going to do the dark and gritty, and you had this, which was going to be more of the comic book splash pages. And you Pow, thought to yourself, zap. this is going to be a great future that we're going to see. And one group went in the right direction, and one group stalled.
3: Bad Civil War, bad. It- <laughs> <laughs>
0: And it was not Marvel that <laughs> went down the bad route. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think this movie is for everyone except for artsy-fartsy art, art house film critics. Do their farts smell better? Yes. Artsy. This is a big, like smart quigua. popcorn movie. And so I, I'm a big fan of this one. I think anybody, everybody should see this one as a cultural touchstone at some point in the future. Be like, hey, when did the comic movie start? Go watch Iron Man. This will be one that's played in film houses forever, like your Swayze Fest. Yeah. yeah. They'll have Downey Fest. Happy birthday, You should Patrick have Swayze.
3: a Swayze vest. Swayze vest. <laughs> that? Yeah, what the <laughs> hell?
2: Um, for those listening, we are recording on Saturday. And <laughs> yesterday was Friday, and it was also 818, Patrick Swayze's birthday. Yes. So happy birthday to the late, great Patrick Swayze. Movie report card.
0: A B C D F in the comic book feature film genre, gentlemen. Give us a grade and some comments that defend your
3: grade. JC, hit us with it. A, from top to bottom. Damn. <laughs> and, and there are some nice bottoms here. Hey. Eh? Yeah, uh, 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 see what I do there. <laughs> uh, seriously, this is a movie that if people could get over seeing it as a quote unquote superhero movie, it is really just a brilliant character-driven drama. Thank you, Robert Downey. Yeah. Junior. Joel.
2: Uh, This is a movie that everyone needs to see. Uh, it's. Kind of, it completely sparked the fire that developed at Marvel. Uh, aside from the fact that you probably couldn't actually do the chest light, bit life battery thing, <laughs> um, I love Iron Man because, like Batman, he can die, and I emotionally get so much more invested when I know that the person can actually die in the movie. No magic, no fantasy, mystery, typical human lifespan and limitations. Uh, X Men. Um, <laughs> The characters all click super well. Downey is stark, is flawless. Um, nobody else can be Iron Man. Like, they, they do not need to Toby Maguire this. They, once Iron Man's done, kill it for about 30 years. Um,
3: <laughs> Maybe that's 40.
2: Amount of time. They took a super superhero that nobody knew about and made it an amazing film. If I'm ranking superhero movies that everyone needs to see, this might be number two. Um, What's I st- number one? I, I mean, I still think Dark Knight is oh, okay. one of the sh- most enjoyable movies. I um, also like Batman because he's just, I mean, he's like Tony. He's just like a rich guy that makes his own fate. Yeah. Um, You don't need background information to understand anything that's going on. And that's my favorite part of this movie. It gives you everything you need. And nobody, when watching this movie, is going to say, it'll make so much more sense after you watch Blank. <laughs> <laughs> Which no, no. every
0: movie after this kind of have to. Because yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. And like, and it's like I do get like in a development like that, you. Yeah, that's the purpose for it. Yeah. But I love superhero movies that you can watch, and I don't feel dumb because I missed something in another movie. And that gives this an A in a superhero genre. Sweet. Uh,
0: this movie is one of the smoothest running plots in the entire MCU. <laughs> Not a lot of waste of time. A plot that goes places and a Batman Begins-like origin story that actually makes you believe what Stark d- does is possible because it uses science that is one or two steps from where we are rather than 10 or 12 leaps. Sure, you have to suspend belief when it comes to the suit, but comic book movies are meant to make us suspend our beliefs. The characters center around Tony Stark. Stark is the one with multiple layers. Each character that surrounds him represents different parts of his life that, when exaggerated, can fundamentally change the person he is. Pepper Potts represents devotion. Obadiah Stane represents obsession. Rhodey represents loyalty. Yinsen represents compassion. Nick Fury represents leadership. And Agent Coulson represents organization. These characters never veer too far from their selected representations because Tony uses all of them to make up for his own deficiencies in these very characteristics. It's why his arc is spotlighted so well. By the end, as simplistic as it is, he is transformed from the selfish to the selfless, where he's willing to sacrifice his own life to stop Iron Monger. It was a ballsy move to make this movie. I mean, if you were starting Star Wars, you wouldn't be like, hey, let's make a movie about Wicket the Ewok and see if it works before we introduce our bigger heroes like Luke Skywalker. But Marvel Studios didn't really have a choice. So what did they do? They made a great movie out of scraps, like Tony Stark did in his cave. It serves as a reminder that you don't always need a fantastic hero to make a movie. Sometimes you just need a fantastic story to make the hero. And in doing so, start a series of movies that every studio wishes they could do, but are falling short doing. This is, in my opinion, such a great first movie in a franchise. I'd put it up there with Alien, Jurassic Park, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, or Raiders of the Lost Ark. This movie's an A.
2: Yeah.
0: Done. If this movie was released on Blu-ray, would you buy it, bin it, stream it, borrow it, or forget about it?
3: You have to buy it, but because it's been out for so long, you probably could find it for really cheap in a bin. (laughs) But you have to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to buy it, but it's not going to be expensive.
2: Yeah. This movie is worth buying, even though I don't own it.
3: Well, actually, (laughs) I Uh, do.
2: Joe gave it to me, so I guess I borrowed it. No, (laughs) I gave it to you. Right. So it's like I borrowed it, but now I own it, Um, and I'm happy I own it, but yeah, it If it were released on Blu ray, this would be a great movie to see on Blu ray. Yeah. Um, When it's on 4K, I want to get it on 4K. Oh, yeah. This is worth a buy. I'm going to buy it also.
0: Again, if it's on 4K, I will buy it. All right. Well, that's all we've got time for today, Movie Planeteers. Next show, we'll continue our look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe with The Incredible Hulk for the comic book category. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, Podbean, Spotify, any of your podcasting pieces, and uh, we'll get, you know, give us a four or five star review. We're, we're, we're pretty good, okay? Tweet with any questions, comments, theories, and I'll try to fit them into the show next time we're on the air. Send those tweets to Movie Planet Pod and like us on Facebook and Instagram using the links in the show notes. The opinions expressed on the Movie Planet podcast are those of the individual hosts. The Movie Planet podcast is not affiliated with, prepared for, approved, or licensed by any entity that created any films discussed or reviewed herein. All movie clips and music included in the podcast are the intellectual property of the respective copyright holders. They are included here for the purpose of review, and no infringement is intended. Special thanks to Twisterium and Soundjay Music for providing any music that we use for any of our other shows. Thanks for listening, and happy movie watching.